More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Today on More to Life, the power of no. Are you struggling to know when to say no? We're going to help you draw healthy boundaries. Give us a call. The number is 877-573-7825. Everyone says they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Hopeful. Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior. Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical theology of the body-based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life. Good morning, everyone. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, the power of no. You know, I, I don't I don't think any of us like to disappoint other people, right? I mean, you know, we don't wake up in the morning saying, gee, who can, who can I let down today? Yeah, I want to let people down. <laughs> I want to get people irritated with me. That's my goal for the day. No, most, most <laughs> of us don't. Most of us don't. But, you know, but that's what tends to happen when we say no to people about the things that they might want us to do or... Uh, you know, just just the the ways they want to do certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, but healthy people, you know, if we want to be healthy, we we have to know what to say no to and when to say it and how to say it charitably and how to say it confidently uh, without giving in to the the guilt that often occurs afterward. And some of us are better at that than others. So today we're talking about the power of no. Do you struggle to know when to say no? Or, you know, maybe you're okay with it in general, but but there's a particular person or a situation that you feel like you might need to say no to about something there, but you're not sure whether you should or how to do it uh, or how to deal with the fallout from it. We are here to help you with all of that today on More to Life. Give us a call. The number is 877 573-7825. Again, that number, 877-573-7825. Of course, if you are tuning in to our podcast, fear not, you can join the conversation (laughs) as well by sending your questions to us via email. And that address is questions at more2liferadio.com. That's with the number two questions at more2liferadio.com. And of course, if you see our posts on social media at the beginning of the week or the night before, and you say, oh, this is the day I have to listen to the podcast because I'm busy during that 10 a.m. Eastern hour, go ahead and send us those questions the night or the morning before we go live on air, and we'll try to fit that right in. So many ways to get in touch with us to get the help you need for living a more abundant life and having healthier, holier relationships. But give us a call right now. We want to talk with you about the power of no at 877-573-7825. So are you the sort of person who tends to say yes, even if it's not good for you? Sometimes we say yes because we think it's fine. We haven't even thought of what the consequences are going to be for us personally. 
Do you often feel pressured by others to sign up for responsibilities you don't actually have the time or energy for? And then you end up feeling burned out or resentful. Do you worry about letting people down, especially particular people in your life, and find yourself getting talked into things or talked out of the boundaries you've tried to set with people who are taking advantage of you? Let us help you discover how and when to use the power of the word no. And I think this is particularly important to look at as we've moved into a new year, as people are saying this year is going to be different in fill in the blank kind of ways. Because when we decide this is what I'm going to do, whatever your word of the year or your resolution may be, sometimes that gets run over by other people's needs, other people's requests of us. And we don't know what to do with that all. Well, I think you make, you make a good point, Lisa. And of course, you know, other people have said this. I'm sure our listeners have heard this from some source or another before. But, um, you know, the, the most important thing when we're thinking about whether or not to say no to someone or something um, is to ask ourselves, what do we need to say yes to? Right? Because... Um, it's not it, you know, it's not really so much that i that i want to say no it's that i have to be able to follow through on the things i want to say yes to yeah and that's what enables me to know what i need to say no to or or you know what ways i need to say no so that i can fulfill the yeses that i've committed to that that i've committed to for my own well-being so that i can take care of what i need physically spiritually <clears throat> emotionally so that I can say yes to the most important commitments that God has put in my life. How many of us as adults are constantly being torn by the commitments to our, our spouses, our children, our adult parents that need our help, our siblings who are struggling, our jobs. Where do you say no? Where do you say yes? And how do you do any you know, interestingly, you know, we had a discussion this week on Catholic Home, a Catholic on the, on the Catholic Home app, uh, which you can learn more about if you download Catholic HOM or go to CatholicHOM.com. But the the discussion, one of the one of the members asked, you know, how do I? She it was a, she was a mom and a wife, and she was like, you know, we, we get into this kind of conversation. I get into this conversation with my husband about you know, whether our marriage should come first or the kids should come mm -hmm. first. And I'm really struggling with who I should say no to. You know, even in those relationships, you know, it, it's hard to know what oh, to okay. say no to or when to say no. And, you know, so all of these things, the, the, this isn't just, you know, you have to be a type of person who struggles to say no. It's that we all... <laughs> if you're alive, no. you've got so many plates that you're trying to spin at the same time. How do you know where to put your energy? How do you know what God wants you to do in the midst of it? What's really fulfilling his will for you and for those you love? And what is distracting you from the call that God has put on your heart and your life? It's a lot to figure out sometimes, and we're here to help you discern it all and get the skills you need to feel calmer, more peaceful, more balanced, and even more powerful in these situations. Give us a call today on More to Life at 877-573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. Of course, every day on More to Life, we take a look at the topic of the day, 
through the lens of St. John Paul's theology of the body. And if you're not sure what that is, when St. John Paul was Pope, he gave a series of reflections every Wednesday for about five years that looked at how prayerfully contemplating God's creation, especially of the way he created our bodies to work, reveals God's plan for living a more abundant life and having healthier, holier relationships. The theology of the body reminds us that our decision to say yes or no to someone should not be based on how we feel in the moment or how much someone is pressuring us, but rather on what we prayerfully believe allows us to work for the other person's ultimate good, our ultimate good, and the ultimate good of our relationship. You know, we often feel guilty saying no because our no's tend to be based in what we're feeling in the moment. And then in more in that than in what we genuinely and objectively and prayerfully believe in either our best is in our best interest or in the best interest of that other person who's asking something of us. And this is especially true when we feel pressured by others. The theology of the body reminds us that while we are called to be generous, it is possible to be generous in ways that are bad for us and others. When that's the case, it's even more generous to say no. Our job as Christians is not to be indiscriminately generous, but rather to be thoughtfully and responsibly generous. Yeah, so when someone's asking something of us, especially when they're pressuring us, the question to ask ourselves isn't, do I feel like doing this or not? Or even, would they be upset with me or not? But rather, is there a way to say yes to this this request that's both good for me and the other person? You know, if the answer is yes, well, then I can say yes. But if the answer is no, then I need to say no. Because in either case, my yes or no isn't based on how I feel, which can change or be manipulated. It's based on my thoughtful and prayerful belief that something is or isn't objectively good for me and the other person. And, And because that approach gives me an objective way to discern whether to say yes or no, I can stand firm in that decision and not feel pressured to do things that I shouldn't. You know, generosity isn't actually generous unless it's prayerful, intentional, responsible, and ordered to the mutual good of everybody involved. So that's what we're talking about today. You know, how do we say yes? When do we need to say no? How do we say no and feel confident in that, especially uh, under the, the, the pressure that other people give us or the guilt that we feel in setting those boundaries, give us a call. We'll help you discern when and how to say no. 877-573-7825. Let's take our concerns to the Lord, and then we'll start taking your calls. In the name of the Father, Father, and the the Son, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we come into your presence, and we bring to you those people and situations where we are discerning whether we need to say no. And we ask you for the grace and the clarity that we need to root our decision not so much in our feelings, but in our discernment of what it means to work for that other person's ultimate good, for our ultimate good and the ultimate good of our relationships. Help us to let our yes be yes and our no be no. And help whatever choice we make be ordered to glorifying you being the people you called us to be, 
and working for the good of everyone in our lives. We ask all of this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And in the name, in the name of the, of the Father, Father, the, the Son, Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. And Pope St. John Paul the Great. Pray for us. Today on More to Life, the show is titled The Power of No. As we talk about those times when we're struggling to know whether to say no in the first place or what to say no to along the way, uh, and all the feelings and problems that come along with trying to set boundaries and discern whether to say yes or no. If you're feeling pressured in a particular situation or by a particular person and you're not sure how to say no or whether you should, if you just in general struggle with saying no, we are here to help either way. 877-573-7825 or send us your questions via email, especially if you're listening to the podcast, to questions at moretoliferadio.com. Let's talk now with Pat, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Pennsylvania. Hi, Pat. Welcome to More to Life. How can we help Hi. you out today? Hi. Um, yes, I have um, an addicted son, and I was helping him uh, a lot and way too much. And the more I helped him, the seemed the worse he got. And mm-hmm. then um, he, I was paying his rent even, like, um, and I said to stop. And... He got evicted, and he called me up and said, you know, you've been pushing me away. You always push me away because he wanted to come live with me. And mm-hmm. for three months, he sat in that apartment, and I, what he did in three months, I don't know. He, I have my own business. At one point, I even had him employed by me, and he'd get his paycheck, and I wouldn't see him for a week, and my family got fed up with it. They said no more. And... Um, in short, once they find out someone is drug addicted to the their insurance doesn't like to cover if just something happened. So, you know, like I couldn't really uh, sneak him in somehow. <laughs> but um, yeah. anyhow, he's really angry. His girlfriend's really angry because, um, you know, she wants me to have him come live with them. She has her own place, which she won't let him live there. Um, and it's hard to keep saying no to him. And he's That's really interesting. Yeah, she has so, her own place because they have three babies under three, and the um, her mom bought her a place to get her out of being with him. And she said one of the stipulations was she could not um, have him come live with her. And I and is is the girlfriend her. addicted too, or is she, is she just you know like she manipulated by your son? She just. He smokes a lot of marijuana, I think. I'm not sure exactly. I know she did it one time. We had a big blowout about it once. But, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, but she has three kids. And she's a really good mom. I mean, I'm I'm Mm -hmm. so happy how she raises them. She's doing really well in that. Um, I just give you a little background uh, that my son has. Well, but actually, okay. okay. No, I understand. So, Pat, let me ask you. I'm sorry. So, 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 um. How can we help you today? There's obviously a lot going on here. What, what's what's your question for so us? Every day, every day. I, I mean, this was at mass this morning. Every day, I pray, 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 pray for him. But every day, I feel like, well, maybe I should just let him in there. Maybe I should just let, call him up and say, yeah, come on over here and live with me, you know, and my husband, and, you know, come on over. It's fine. And it's so hard to keep staying no and, you know, not knowing not anything like being totally oblivious to the unknown of what's going to happen well i, I can tell you this if you did that you'd kill him I, and I, I need to be as blunt about that as i possibly can if you just did that with the circumstances being what they are you'd kill him 
Um, and, and here, you know, so, so let me back up here and kind of walk you through that. You know, we have this tendency to think that, you know, generosity is always the, the right answer. And, you know, of course, it's good to be generous. We're called to be generous. You know, even the theology of the body reminds us that everything God's given us has been meant to work for the good of others. But that's the key here, okay? We ha- St. John Paul, before he wrote the theology of the body, he wrote a book called Love and Responsibility. Uh, and in the book, he talks a lot about how, yes, we're called to love, but we're called to love responsibly. And what that means is to love in a way that actually works for the good of the other person. So anything I do for another person, especially to be helpful, I have to have a reasonable hope that what I'm doing is actually going to be helpful based on the person's past response to what I do, right? So your experience of your son is that the more you give him, the more rope you give him, the more he tends to hang himself with it. Right. And so the, if you make the more you make life easier for him, the more he tends to take advantage of the time or the freedom to drug himself. Right. And so so if you if you let him come home under these circumstances, it would just get worse. Um, now, if whatever you do to offer help, you have to be able to say, you know, this is the help I can offer that I believe will call him to be a healthier and holier person. Right. So, for example, you know, if he was saying, you know, I, I would I would like to go to treatment, but I can't afford it. Well, helping him to pay for that treatment or to get to his you know recovery meetings, uh, that would be appropriate. Right. If he was if he was trying to stay clean and sober um, and, you know, he but he didn't have a place to live. You could say, well, you know, I under those circumstances, because you're staying clean and sober and you're trying to get your life in order, I could let you come home and, you know, help you find a job. You know, as long as you maintain that, you know, I'm, I'm going to you. So you're supporting him in doing the things that would help him lead a healthier and holier life. But you're not supporting him in those things that, you know, based on past experience, he would use to hurt himself. So that, that so when you say you feel guilty, I think it's both because of there's there's a little bit of an intellectual misunderstanding of what generosity really requires. But I do think that that especially in families where there are addictions, we can have we can be codependent in the sense that um, we we let our feelings tell us to be generous in ways that are actually hurtful, uh, and we f- say, well, I've 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 just been loving, right? I've just been loving him. I've just been being generous to him, uh, but and and it's more of an emotional thing based on what we feel guilty about rather than a genuinely helpful thing rooted in a prayerful, thoughtful approach to discernment that says, I need, I love him, so I need to work for his good. So when you start feeling guilty about saying no, what I want you to do is two things. I mean, first of all, I want you to be bringing this, not just him to prayer, I want you to keep praying for him, certainly, but I want you to ask God to give you the wisdom to know how to respond to your son and how to respond to him in ways that will call him to be a stronger, healthier, better person, right? And ask God at that every day, teach you how to love in ways that are actually loving, because you're, you're struggling with that, right? Um, th- then I, I want you to really be asking yourself, you know, what would be in my son's best interest? Ba- what kind of help can I give that would actually be helpful based on how he's responded to my help in the past, right? And, and, and root your decisions on that. And then when you feel guilty about it, remind yourself that generosity in order to actually be generous has to actually be working for his good. You can't just give somebody for the sake of giving it to them so that you feel better. You have to give something to somebody that you know will actually help them be better. Uh, and if you actually, if you give him things that he could hurt himself with, you in fact are not being loving, right? You're setting him up to fail. And no mother wants to do that, 
right? So that's what I want you to be reminding of your, yourself of. And if you keep struggling with this, that's okay. You know, I, it, a lot of us are wounded in this way. I'd encourage you to reach out to either local uh, help or contact us through the Pastoral Solutions Institute at CatholicCounselors.com to learn how to heal that wound inside of you that sets you up to be helpful in ways that are actually hurtful. Pat, I want to thank you for the call. We've added your family to our More to Life prayer list. If there's more we can do to support you, don't hesitate to reach out to us at CatholicCounselors.com. With that, we have to go to break. When we come back, we're continuing to take your calls on our show today titled The Power of No. As we talk about those times when we feel pressured to do something or to give in to someone, even when we feel like it wouldn't be the right thing to do, how do we say no? How do we not feel guilty for saying no? How do we not give in to that pressure? Or if you're a person who just struggles with saying no and setting boundaries in general, we're here for you. 877 573 7825. That's 877 573 7825. When we come back, in addition to taking your calls, we'll be joined by Damon Owens, who'll be sharing some insights from the theology of the body on when, how, and why we sometimes need to say no. Stick around for that and a whole lot more when More to Life continues in a minute. We are the pro life generation, passionate about building the culture of life in our healthcare and in our nation. But not all healthcare options are equally pro life, and some provide morally objectionable procedures. CMF Curo is different. CMF Curo is a pro life Catholic healthcare ministry providing a pathway for its members to build the culture of life in their healthcare choices, not destroy it. Learn more about CMF Curo at mycatholichealthcare.com. That's mycatholichealthcare.com. Father Benedict Groeschel. I usually am operating on the gifts of the Holy Spirit when I don't feel well, even when I'm annoyed, when I'm down and out. During my recovery from the automobile accident, immense numbers of people wrote to me and sent me emails, 50,000, and they told me how helpful they thought my talks on EWTN were to them. I'm delighted, but I want you to know I'm nobody's fool. The talks that were helpful, the sentences that were helpful, the phrases that were helpful came from the Holy Spirit. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And the styrofoam packaging came from me. I did that. And styrofoam doesn't amount to very much. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria Mutual Funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today our show is titled The Power of No. And whether you're being pressured by someone to do uh, something that you don't feel like is appropriate for you, or if you're struggling in general to say no and set boundaries or have those boundaries respected, we're here for you. 
888-528-7825. Joining us right now, Damon Owens. He and his wife, Melanie, are the founders of JoyfulEverAfter.org. It's a Theology of the Body-based marriage ministry. Damon, welcome to More to Life. Thank you, Dr. Greg and Lisa. Happy New Year to you. Great to be with you. Yeah. Happy New Year to you. So, you know, what can the Theology of the Body teach us about how, when, and why to say no confidently? Yeah, you know what, this is such an interesting topic. It really is. And my mind and my heart went to even something what you just alluded to with the last caller. Uh, the Theology of the Body had a prequel in John Paul II, Carol Wojtyla's history, and that's love and responsibility. And I think you had the same sense that this topic really fits closer to where he was getting at in that work. And just in terms of orientation, the Theology of the Body has a subtitle, Human Love in the Divine Plan. And it was very uh, theological, this is Theology of the Body. But love and responsibility really uh, 10, 15 years earlier was his attempt at helping to explain the human experience of love based on the particular relations we have. And he said, spend a lot of time in marriage because that has particular demands of love that are pledged and sacramental, but also help us understand friendship and understanding how we love in questions like this. And you use the word responsibility, which is in that title. And I think one of the things to remember with the whether we're saying no or yes, or this whole question of generosity, uh, it comes often from the word itself, its origin, that gen. And that word gen, the beginning of, whether it's genesis, generations, uh, generating life, uh, yeah. generous. It really is about, are our actions life-giving? Do they begin and end with both a receiving of the other person that's appropriate to the relation that we have with them? A neighbor is different than a family member, different than a, a, a child or a sibling or a spouse, but appropriate to that relation are our actions, our yeses, our noes, our ability to give abundantly, uh, life-giving. And that's a discernment that is always under adjustment. And I think one of the first things in, in, in applying this is acknowledging that it's not about being perfect in every decision as much as it is always discerning and adjusting and making decisions that, that are more life-giving than what we had thought of or experienced before. Because the, the proof is in the, in the fruit, is the fruit of our no is the fruit of our yes, not only a binary of life-giving or not life-giving, but could we be more life-giving? You know, is, it a, is there a gooder good <laughs> <you know? laughs> that we wouldn't have seen until we made the best decision we could, the best thing that we did, but later on we learned. So that gift of generosity really is about looking at whether we give life. Damon, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. Great insights. And if folks would like to learn more about your good work, check out, I encourage them to go to joyfuleveraster.org to learn more about how the theology of the body can bless marriages abundantly. And we're taking your calls, listeners, right now about the power of no. Is there someone you're struggling to say no to or wondering whether you should say no at all? <laughs> Give us a call, 877-573-7825. How do we define sin? The Catholic Catechism defines it in detail calling sin an offense against reason, truth, and right conscience, a failure in genuine love for God and neighbor caused by a perverse attachment to certain goods. St. Augustine defines sin as an utterance, a deed, or a desire contrary to the eternal law. It is an offense against God. King David lamented, Against you and you alone have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. We sin when we love ourselves even to contempt of God. 
The Catechism points out that sin in all its ugly forms is exercised against Christ during the Passion. Ironically, at this darkest hour, the light of Christ's sacrifice becomes the inexhaustible source for the forgiveness of sin. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. There's so many issues that need to be discussed when we're looking at this continuing problem of mass shootings. At the heart of it is what's going on with the human person, though. Father John Mercado brings up deaths of despair in great detail in his beautiful Rescue Project series. Or so many young people now, or with that survey pre-COVID, were talking about how desperate they felt, how lonely they felt, how isolated they felt, how suicidal they felt. And then we had a recent survey come out from the CDC looking at a similar case with young girls. And this feeling of desperation and loneliness that despite everything they had access to and what they could do with their bodies, this so-called freedom, the world's version of freedom that shoved down our throats every single day, they're still not happy. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Hi, I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. Anxiety is such a commonplace experience that we often feel like there's something wrong with us when we aren't feeling anxious. We wonder what new threat to our security or peace we're missing. But how do you know whether you're experiencing normal garden variety stress and anxiety or whether you're struggling with something more serious? Has anxiety become a regular part of your life? Does it impact your performance at work or make it harder to enjoy your relationships or prevent you from having the energy to do the things you used to enjoy? These are good signs it's time to seek professional help. People often wait years before getting appropriate counseling help, and by then the problem's been allowed to grow into something that's having a serious impact on your life, career, and relationships. Anxiety is very treatable, and a vast majority of people who seek help get better. If you're ready to win your battle against anxiety, check out my book, Unworried, or visit CatholicCounselors.com. Thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today's show is titled The Power of No. And whether we are feeling pressured by a particular person or in a particular situation to say yes, even though we're not sure we should, or we've said no to somebody, but they just keep rolling over it, the fact is, you know, saying no is hard to do, and following through with it is hard to do for lots of different reasons as well. Of course, the other side of that is, what if you need somebody to put more into your relationship, give more of themselves, come along inside of you and help you, and they're saying no? How do you deal with the boundaries they set? Do you push? Do you, do you tell them that's not acceptable because of what your needs are, or do you put up with it, and then how do you get your needs met? There's two sides to every coin here, and you can be on either side of it, but it takes some prayer, some skill, and sometimes a little help of figuring it all out. So we're here for you today on More to Life. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. That's 877 
573-7825. Of course, if you're tuning in via podcast, you can still get us your questions. Send them to us via email at questions at more2liferadio.com. That's with the number two. Questions at more2liferadio.com. By all means, you can reach out to us on social media as well. Who's our next uh, question from? Our next question comes from Mary Catherine, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Ohio. And she says, I have a rather strange boundary question. My boyfriend and I go to the same Catholic college. We were talking about marriage for over a year, and I thought he might propose this Christmas. But suddenly, in the last two weeks, he's talking about having a possible interest in becoming a priest. I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out completely. Should I break up with him? Keep dating him as he figures this out? I'm feeling betrayed. Is it okay for me to feel betrayed? What should I do? What boundaries should I set? I'm so confused. Thank you so much for the message, Mary Catherine, and God bless you. Um, you know, that, that's it, on the one hand, it's a blessing to receive a, a call uh, from the Lord. On the other hand, it's a, there's a lot of confusion that's associated with that, and it's heartbreaking for you, I know, when you've invested so much. Well, and what I think is interesting in Mary Catherine's message to us, she doesn't say he's feeling a calling. He said she has a possible interest, which makes it even, you know, if she yeah. said he, you know, I remember when we were at, Catholic College. We were at Franciscan University and Father Mike Scanlon would always tell the story of just like having that given to him. Like he went to to the forest and he prayed and he said, I'm not leaving until you tell me what to do because I believe he was actually engaged to somebody. But He, he was. Knew he there was, was engaged. A thing. He graduated from Harvard Law. He was it was a whole thing. <laughs> and he was like, Lord, you've got to tell me because he did not want to string along his fiance at the time. He wanted to know God's will. Now, she, he could have a calling, and she didn't put it that way, but I do think it's an interesting choice of words in her message. To well, uh, here's what I would say to, to you, Mary Catherine. It, it doesn't really matter what he is doing, mm. right? What matters is, is his ability to give you what you need from a relationship or not, right? And, and if, you know, because that's what, we have, that's what we have to discern when, when we're in a relationship with somebody you know, we know it's a healthy relationship. If this person is capable of giving me the partnership, the spiritual support, the commitment that I'm looking for in a relationship. Uh, and if they aren't, that doesn't necessarily mean they're a bad person. It doesn't necessarily mean that our friendship is disorder or whatever. It just means that this, this person isn't the person I should be trying to build a life with because they're not in the same place that I'm at or for whatever reason, they can't give me what I need to be the person God is calling me to be. You know, and so we have a tendency to get caught up in, well, you know, the fear of, well, gosh, if I let this relationship go, will I be alone? Or will I be a bad person by walking away from this, this relationship? Or, and and, and, and the, those questions are, are all kind of irrelevant. I mean, what, what, what's what the most important thing when I'm discerning a romantic relationship and a potential of a lifelong partner is... Is this person in a place in their life where they are capable of giving me the partnership, the support, the commitment that I'm looking for and that I need in order to be the person God is calling me to be? And I would say that right now, you know, this could change, but right now, this, this, this young man is not in the position to give you those things. And it's not mean to say to him, look, I, I really do care for you. I, I even love you. But because I love you, I need to give you the space to discern this properly, 
right? Because you, you really can't discern the priesthood when you're in a relationship with somebody else. You know, it's, it's very it's, difficult to do. But not only give that as a gift to him, and I'm sure you're getting to this point as well. But I, I want to be clear here because I know that you know, Mary Catherine, you're heartbroken. You thought he, you thought you were going to get a ring this Christmas, and you got this instead. And and I think it's important for you to be able to also give yourself the gift of that time where you're not just waiting on his decision. Does he want you permanently or doesn't he? It, what do you feel called to? What is God asking you to do as the next the next step? Not Don't go to God and say, you know, what do you want for, for me 30 years from now? But the next step, Lord, what are you asking me to do in my next step and giving yourself that that space and that time to work that out rather than putting yourself on the sidelines and just waiting for your boyfriend to figure this out and and you know just going back to what i was saying before about you know is this person capable of giving me the commitment the support the partnership that i need to be the person god's calling me to be it's not could he do it theoretically it's is he giving that to me now Right, yeah. and and and, when, and if he's not, and I say, look, I'm gonna, I need more of that clarity, or more of that commitment, or more of that support, or more of that partnership, and they say, I'm not in a place where I can do that. Well, that's okay. I'm glad they were honest with you, but then you have to make the decision to step away for your good and for theirs, uh, because um, you know, to stay in in that situation is not working for their good. It's not being generous in a way that is actually life giving, as Damon was just talking about in his segment. So you know, I want you to pray about that question. You know, is he capable of giving you the commitment, the partnership, the support that you're needing right now to be the person that God is calling you to be? And when I say capable, I don't mean theoretically. I mean, is he actually giving you? Yeah, what's the evidence? Yeah. What's the evidence? And, and if, if he is, then great. This is a relationship that, that you can continue to discern and stay in. If not, then the most loving thing to do is to give yourself both the space that you need to discern what God is actually calling you to. You know, one of my favorite quotes happens to come from Maya Angelou, and she said, when people tell you, when people show you who they are, believe them. <laughs> so with that in mind, it is, what is the evidence that he can do this? And you can go back to a million conversations where he told you he loved you and he was talking about marriage, but what is he actually doing to show you that you are his number one priority, second only to God, and that he is wanting to commit to all of those vows that you would take when you get married. If that is what you feel your calling is to sacramental marriage, you need to discern and find somebody who is also committed to that and to you. 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877 877- 573-7825. Our show today is titled The Power of No, as we talk about times when we do need to say no, but maybe aren't sure how to do it. Um, times when we've said no, and other people have just rolled right over us anyway. If you are struggling with saying no, how to say it or whether to say it, give us a call at 877-573-7825. Or you, if you're listening to the podcast, shoot us an email at questions at more to liferadio.com. As we head out to our break, it's time for our scripture of the day, which comes to us from Matthew chapter 5, verse 37. Let your yes mean yes, and your no mean no. Anything else is from the evil one. And, you know, this is a verse we've all heard, but I just, I really, I think it bears repeating, and I wanted to unpack it just a, just a wee bit. Um, you know, 
what Jesus is really saying here is what we've been talking about for the entire show. You know, we can't let our yes or no be rooted in our feelings and what we feel like in the moment or what we are afraid the other person's going to feel if we say no. It has to be rooted in a prayerful, intentional uh, decision of what choice would be the most life-giving choice. Uh, and that's what clarifies things. Because as long as we root our yes or our no in our feelings, that's where the devil is playing with us and twisting our minds up and making things confusing. So let your yes mean yes and your no mean no. And realize that anything less than that is from the evil one. Matthew 5, 37. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're continuing to take your calls about the power of no today on More to Life. Give us a call at 877 573 7825. Let us help you discern whether it's time to say no, how to say no, and how to deal with the fallout of having said it. 877-573-7825. Back in a minute. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. In a Facebook world, we can multiply virtual friends, and yet psychologists and sociologists tell us we have fewer and fewer actual friends. This is not good. We're made for friendship. Friendship with God, first of all, but secondarily, friendship with other human beings. Jesus calls his apostles friends. And when he faces his greatest suffering, he asks his inner circle of friends to come and pray with him in the Garden of Gethsemane. They come, but they fall asleep. Jesus isn't crushed when his friends fail to live up to his expectations. He doesn't withhold his love from them. He doesn't cast them away. Nor does he suffer their neglect silently. He confronts them. Couldn't you have prayed with me for an hour? Then he moves on to do the will of his Father in heaven. When friends let us down, as they will, we should follow the example of Jesus, lovingly confront them, but remember that they can never substitute for God, who stands ready as our ultimate friend. Cresta in the Afternoon weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. Want more tips for living a more joyful, abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body? Well, and follow us on Facebook at more to life with Dr. Greg and Lisa, and on Twitter and Instagram at Catholic Counselors. We'll see you there. Thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today's show is titled The Power of No. We are talking about those difficulties we all have in knowing whether to say no to someone or something, how to say it, how to deal with the fallout from having said it, and how to manage those times when we've managed to say no. And people just roll over it anyway. Give us a call at 
573-7825. Again, that number is 877-573-7825. Greg Marcella, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Texas, said that she's currently separated from her abusive husband, and her family has given her an ultimatum to leave him or else they will cut her out of their lives. And what she's really do? struggling yeah. to know what to do. And Marcella, I'm so sorry that you're experiencing that incredibly painful situation on, on all sides. Um, and I, you know, as, as a pastoral counselor, I've certainly in, in, encountered this situation many, many times. And it's always very difficult to navigate this. Um, and and what, what complicates it even further for Catholics, of course, is the idea that marriage is sacred and that, you know, that God hates divorce, right? Um, and so we have that on the one hand, but on the other hand, we have this very dangerous situation that you find yourself in and you're wondering what to do. Well, the catechism does tell us that in situations like this, um, what the, the direct quote is separation from bed and table, end quote, you know, can be appropriate. Now, um, the one thing I would like you to know is that even if you divorced him, you would still be married in the eyes of the church, and there's, there's still work that you could be doing on the relationship potentially. But the first thing that you need to keep in mind here is that marriage is sacred because of what it does. Marriage is, marriage is a, a sacrament, and as a sacrament, it's meant to be an instrument of healing. All the sacraments are. Uh, and so, you know, this, this, this grace is meant to help both of you become more of the people God created you to be. But sometimes we find ourselves in a situation where our relationship is actually a near occasion of sin. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. You know, as Catholics, we're not just called to avoid sin, we're called to avoid near occasions of sin. So, in other words, if I'm an alcoholic, I, I shouldn't just not drink, I should also not go into the bar, right? Because even if I say to myself, well, I'm just going to have a soda, you know, I'm tempting myself. That's yeah. a near occasion, near occasion of, sin. of sin. We know that it's something that can drag us down to our less than best selves. And so we should avoid those things. Now, sometimes I can be a near occasion of sin for somebody. Any of us can, right. to be specific. <laughs> yeah, me personally. <laughs> I mean, I've found that to be true. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, look, um, if I, let's say, let's say I'm in a relationship with you, Marcella, and every time that I'm around you, you just can't help but like lose it, right? You, you, I just bring out the worst in you and you lash out at me and you say and do mean and horrible things and, and just my very presence turns your stomach. The most loving thing I could do I mean, if we're not able to work that out, if I, if we can't, you know, get to a place where we can be in each other's presence and bring out the best in each other, or at least better in each other, then the most loving thing I can do is withdraw from you, because I don't want to be a temptation to you to that sin of anger. Now, I want to be very clear here. That person that may be the temptation, it's not their fault. You know, 99.9 times out of 10, it's not their fault. But the other person who is falling into the table, it's not the bar's fault that's, that some people who go to a bar will be fueling their alcoholism. Right. It just exists. So we're not saying that there's something about you as his wife that is triggering your husband to be abusive, even though he may tell you that. Thank you. That's an important clarification. His issue is that he is he has a lot of stuff in his life that he has not healed. He has a lot of issues that he needs to heal and deal with and work through because he should, we all should, be able to tap into the virtue of self-control 
and not just do whatever we want or have an explosive temper. And that's what the grace of marriage is meant to be doing for both of you. But it can only do that if both people in the relationship are saying yes to God Mm -hmm. and loving God more than their feelings or more loving God more than their brokenness. And sometimes if a person isn't willing to do that, then they block the grace of that sacrament and then their spouse becomes that near occasion of sin for them. Right, because they're saying no to God and they're saying no to the grace. They're saying no to the opportunities of conversion that the Holy Spirit's giving them. Now, so let's be clear one more time. It's not your fault that your husband is abusive. But being in this situation is allowing him to keep falling into the sin of his lack of self-control, his extreme amounts of, of wrathful anger, which is you know a grave sin. And so... When we want to work for the good of someone, especially someone we love, it is important to remove those near occasions of sin so that they can actively work, or at least be invited to work on healing those wounds that are causing them to continue to fall into sin, especially grave sin like wrath which is involved in him being abusive to you so as harsh as your family's message might seem to you and as as difficult as it is to be put in the position that you've been put in your family is right Um, they're they're trying to save your life they're trying to save your life and they're saying to you that we love you and we want you to be to do the loving thing and in this case the loving thing is withdrawing from this person who doesn't know how to handle themselves appropriately around you and treat you like the, the the woman of God that you are, um, you know. And again, you know, from from a Catholic perspective, even if you got divorced, you're still married in the and, eyes of the church. And that and would mean you, would you enter you into rem- a discernment process about whether this marriage is annulled or not. It would mean you remain chaste; that you would not start dating other people or doing other things. What it would do was cause a set a separation of bed and table that would be working for the ultimate good of your spouse and yourself. Because there's going to be a lot to heal in you, because you're there putting up with this behavior. And that separation him. is part of the, 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 the call, process. the, the, the yeah. call to to say to your husband, "This is so serious that it might not, uh, it might prevent us from ever being together again. Please get help." Right. If he rejects even that grace that's commu- communicated through that message, then this is very likely or may very likely not be a marriage that God ever called you to in the first place and that's something you would discern with the church but the next step is creating that separation from bed and table that allows you both to discern what the next step needs to be and that is in the catechism so if 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 your family is saying leave him or else we'll cut you out of our lives and but they are willing to if you if you take that separation of bed and table to let you both be invited to heal with God's grace, and they're willing to be there for you, encourage you, give you the strength that you need from them, that could very well and probably is a great invitation from the Holy Spirit to help you both find healing and grace in Christ. Marcella, thank you so much for the call. If there's more we can do to support you, please don't hesitate to reach out to us at catholiccounselors.com. We can offer you the faithful support that you need to really discern your way through this challenging situation. And, you know, in the few minutes here we have left, I, I, I want to you know, throw something out there that, that, you know, when we struggle to say no, um, I, I want to give you a little tip for dealing with that. Avoid it. <laughs> 
I know you've got more no, than just yeah. avoid ever saying yeah, no. no. That's not no. the end result we want. At no, the, the what I'm, say, what I'm saying is that often we uh, engage in a false polarization of a decision. Somebody asks us to do something and we feel like we can either say yes or no to it. And, and then we get stuck. We could be with the back and forth or... You know, you're you're in a situation with somebody who they they ask they you know they say they want something or want to do something, and then you're again you're still feeling stuck whether we should do that or not do that. I, I think it's helpful to avoid that false polarization most of the time by using what I call the qualified yes technique. Mm-hmm. Right. In any request, there is a what, a how, and a when. The the what is the request. The person says, "Hey, I want you to do X." X is the what. Okay, but then with with that X is always a how and a when I want you to do it in, right? That's where we can use the qualified yes. I can say to that person, well, look, um, I could help you with X in this way and at this time. Would that work for you? And then they say no, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Because if they come to us with a certain how, when, and what, I, I, I'm able. To, I might not be able to do. The how and the when. I mean, let's take something basic that has nothing to do with deeper emotional things. I need your help in helping me move on Thursday at 3 o'clock. Well, I'd love to help you move, but I'm working Thursday at 3 o'clock. I could come at 5. Would 5 work? Would Saturday at 2 work? No, I need you Thursday. Well, then I'm sorry. I can't do that. I can't do that, right? See, so it's it's, it's, you you avoid saying no directly by by, by addressing the, the when and the how while affirming the what you're still taking care of yourself you're attempting to meet their need but it's within the boundaries of what will work for you without demeaning you diminishing you leaving you exhausted or distracting you from all the other responsibilities that god has given to you because again like we started out at the beginning of the show what we say no to allows us to say yes to the things that are most important, the things that God has given us primary custody of, if you will. Uh, and so that qualified yes technique allows us to be authentically generous in, in ways that are actually helpful to other people um, while still respecting uh, the needs that we have. So, you know, keep that in mind. Um, you affirm the, the goodness of the what the person is asking you, but propose alternatives for the how and the when, and then they can decide whether they want your help or not, or they want you to do the thing or not. You know, we've been talking about the power of no today, and I hope that as you um, have listened, you see that saying no is in some ways another way to be generous to another person. Because when we give, we ought to be able to give with all of our hearts. And saying yes to somebody and then being grudging about it, or saying yes to somebody and then resenting them afterward for it, or saying yes to somebody and then having them use our yes to hurt themselves in some way, None of those things are actually loving. None of those things help us grow in holiness. None of those things are actually helpful to the other person. And so sometimes saying no is the most generous thing that we can do. That's why Jesus doesn't say, let yes be the only thing that comes out of your mouth. But he says, let your yes be yes and your no mean no, because anything else is from the evil one. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you are looking for additional support in knowing how to say no, when to say no, and how to deal with other people's reactions to you having said no, including rolling right over those no's. (laughs) You can learn more by checking out our book, God Help Me, These People Are Driving Me 
Nuts, Making Peace with Difficult People. It's available at CatholicCounselors.com. If you'd like more personalized support to find faithful ways to deal with saying no, you can come on over to CatholicCounselors.com to learn more about our Pastoral Solutions Institute's pastoral telecounseling practice, where you can work with a faithful, professional Catholic counselor to help you transform your marriage, family, or personal life in the light of God's grace. Check it out, catholiccounselors.com, and get out there and celebrate the life God has for you. Have a blessed day. You've been listening to More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popcheck. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.